Previously on the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. I think 38 to 28 sounds good. Tech will win. We're going to get those big plays against Southeastern if we got them against Mississippi State. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say 58 to 31, actually. So here's how I'll do my prediction. I'll say the score first and the team second. I think the final score will be 55 to 21 and Tech will win. everyone and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And boy howdy, did tech just want to die this week. Ooh, yeah. Uh, man, I, I think I have more questions now than I had after we lost. So I, I don't, I don't know. That was a weird game. Matt and I watched it together and we were both just kind of like feeling like doom was around every corner and luckily it never came i guess but uh yeah just a just a weird feeling in the joe on saturday night we've been conditioned over the past two years at least of thinking oh this is a close game close game i I can't wait for us to blow it yeah i I said i wanted to stop feeling like we were gonna lose (laughs) and then you do this like come on yeah (laughs) what's in store this weekend jesus yeah but yeah I, i mean it wasn't all bad though. Um, Southeastern's a very good team. We should say off the off the top here before we get into like actually recapping the game. They they are number thirteen in FCS, and I know it's FCS, yada yada. But like, look, half their offense it feels like is FBS level players, and their quarterback is very good. I mean, it sounds like excuses probably, but like this is a very very good offense that we just played. They're a middle of the pack Kusa team. I yeah, it's the best way to yeah, put it this year. Yeah, I, I guess you could say that. I mean, in terms of offense, though, I mean, they're right up there oh, in, yeah. in terms of the scheme and everything that they run with what we faced last week and what we'll face next week. So, yeah, uh, we kind of got the short end of the stick here in terms of like defensive stats to start the season. <laughs> off. <laughs> We're going to be pretty, pretty low down in those stats for a while. Yeah. And we'll talk about this on the, the next pod, but it may not get any easier against SMU. Yeah, But let's recap this game against Southeastern uh, like we did last time. Here's a quick, turned out last week was about 90 seconds of a game recap. Ooh. This one may stick under 60 because it gets pretty repetitive. And let's go. The team start with back-to-back punts before a B.J. Williamson pick six put the dogs on top. 7-0. SLU gets the ball back. Then it's a lion touchdown, a bulldog touchdown, a lion touchdown, a bulldog touchdown. Oh, my. Then finally, the streak is broken with an SLU pick. A Tech field goal and then an SLU touchdown to make it 24-21 to Louisiana Tech. Then there's the weird squib kick thing uh, right before the half that almost gets returned to the house just for Austin Kendall to throw an interception on the next play, and that pretty much ends the half. It's still 24-21. The second half starts where the first half pretty much left off. TD Tech, TD Southeastern, TD Tech, TD Southeastern. Tech is up 38-35 late in the third, and then Tech goes three and out. That may give SLU finally a chance to take the lead, but then the Lions go three and out on their own. Then after another touchdown by each team, Tech has a chance to run down the clock up three points with less than five minutes left, but then the drive eventually stalls, giving Southeastern a chance to win or even tie the game with a score. But on third and 10, the third play on the drive, Cole Kelly runs for a first down, fumbles the ball on the way to the ground. After review, it's ruled a fumble and Tech recovers and they hold on to win 45-42. to 71 seconds. Good job, Nathan. Yeah, I mean, 
that pretty much describes the game. I mean, I think we never led by more than 10. We never trailed in this game. Um, it felt like, I don't know how it felt watching from home, Nathan, but to us in the stadium, it felt like we just needed a defensive stop and then we would pull away. And we just never got that defensive stop. And I mean, we'll get into you know what was bad about this game, what was good about this game, but my expectation while watching this game was that we were going to pull away and we just never did. I don't know if that's how you felt at home. Yeah. You talked about tech just needs to, to make a stop on defense and their offense will keep going. And it kind of felt like the reverse was happening uh, back when tech goes three and out in the late third quarter, it feels like, okay, wait, no, we needed them to do the three and out. Now they can take the lead and be in control of the game. Of course, they also then go three and out on the next drive, but that was what we were waiting for, for Southeastern to do. And they just never did. Yeah, until we yeah. did. And, and then at that and, point, <laughs> it yeah. evens out. I mean, you have to give credit to their offense and their scheme. I mean, they came in with a game plan and it was a very smart and very good game plan to try to put themselves in a position to win this game. Um, their strength is, is their offense and their short passing game. And I guess this is a transition to what Tech did not do well in this game. But the defensive scheme, the defensive execution... It was just not the right plan, it felt like, the whole game. And it didn't change. That was my thing. And nothing changed, right? It was so frustrating to watch because, I I mean, coming out of the gate, like, Southeastern was passing to the flat. They were passing on, like, five-yard out patterns every single play. Every single play. And I don't know if it was the scheme for the DBs to be playing 10 yards off the line and 10 yards off the man when he's running a five-yard route. But that should have changed like halfway through the first quarter, and it just didn't. And Southeastern, Southeastern's going to, I mean, their touchdown drives here, their first touchdown drives a 12-play, 91-yard drive. So that's what? That's that's less, that's like seven, eight yards of play, right? I mean, they're yeah. not looking downfield at all, really, in this game. And they never really did. It was just, Tech just was playing soft on them the whole time. And they were taking what we were giving them. And you got to give them credit because that's, I mean, they almost won this game because they just yeah. took what we gave them. Yeah, there are multiple reasons why I would pay a lot of money for an all-22 angle of Conference USA games. But even just on the television broadcast, I was every time Cole Kelly dropped back to pass, you saw two open receivers, and he would throw to one off screen that was also open. Yeah, it was baffling. And, and like we saw on one of the late game third down plays that they didn't actually convert on, um, I think it was the the three and out that they had. There was the running back was wide open running a wheel route. Um, surprise, surprise. There was another receiver at the bottom of the field, like towards the home side, that was also like no one within ten yards of him. And the guy he threw to was pretty covered, so we got lucky on that play. Basically, that he missed, you know, what would have been basically a twenty yard gain on like third and ten. But yeah, it was just a very very frustrating game to watch from a like from a defensive standpoint because you know last week in the fourth quarter it was similar is honestly it felt like the fourth quarter of last week never ended and we were just watching that but our guys weren't tired yet you know in the fourth quarter against mississippi state you could say oh well they're tired you know they've been doing a pretty good job in the second and third quarter but we got gassed right where we don't have the depth to keep up and yada yada like in this game we started out the game that way so i don't understand um it, it seemed like maybe the linebacking core too was being asked to do a little bit too much in terms of pass um, coverage. I mean, I, I love our linebackers, but they're not the fastest guys, right? They're they're not going to keep up with 
a slot wide receiver that's running an out route for eight yards. So I, I don't know. It was just very frustrating and we could go on and on about it. Yeah. And in addition to the wide receiver out to the sideline routes, it was also the running back wheel. Anytime the running back didn't get the ball in a handoff, which was most of the time they didn't get it. They would go out to the flat where they would turn up field, have a completion there or they're open. Even if he doesn't throw to them, it, it just felt like tech was playing prevent defense all night. Yeah. And this is what happens when you play prevent defense all night. Yeah. And, and I think like you said, the most frustrating thing was going into halftime up three, you know, Matt and I were sitting there saying like, damn, like we got to have that touchdown at the end, you know, and I understand throwing the 50, 50 ball. Don't love it, but you love it if he catches it. Right. We love it later when he throws, uh, when he throws that beautiful pass to, uh, to Trey Harris in the fourth quarter. But that kick return was super weird too, by the way, I, I don't know to, to me in the stands and I never saw a replay of this, but it looked like they were trying to do the like pull a fast one and kick it straight at a guy so it'll bounce off him and they can recover it kind of like a sneaky onside kick move because it kind of bounced off of whoever it was that returned it and then he picked it up and ran and almost yeah. scored man but the kicker was looking for it he had his arms out it kind of looked like he was kicking it just yeah. he wasn't even trying to bounce it off a tech player just kick it 10 yards and pick it up himself oh really that's what it looked like to me on the broadcast but who knows what the actual plan was so, you know, we're sitting there at halftime and I'm thinking like, this is okay. You know, we've got the lead. We're going to make adjustments at halftime. And then, like you said, the, <laughs> the drives coming out are touchdown, 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 touchdown. Right. So it's like, uh, just, just completely frustrating. I don't know. I mean, I think that's mostly on the defensive coordinator and, and maybe on the defensive players for not executing the plan better. Cause I'm sure it wasn't the plan to play 10 yard cushions on them on every single play. Um, but that's what but it looked it like from the stands and from home, it sounds like. so. I mean, the cushions, um, usually I would give more credit to the play calling than the players themselves. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're told to cover this guy, man, like you do what you're told in that situation. In terms of just how they were lining up at the line of scrimmage with how much room there was, unless it was third and three or something like that, where they would eventually, okay, guess... I guess fine, mom. I'll get up close to the line of scrimmage and make sure they can't catch something right here for a first down. They just gave what they were willing, what SLU was willing to take. And this is what happens. I mean, Tech won the game. We should be happy. But yeah. And I don't know, like, this is probably the best offense. I don't know. I guess on the next episode, we can talk about smu and and maybe do comparisons i don't know but very front heavy schedule yeah like i said defense defensive stats are not getting any favors here with the with the front of this schedule but yeah i I just felt like you know the the defense was playing bend but don't break but they just forgot the second half of that statement um because not only did they bend i mean we gave up almost 600 yards of offense which is insane but we then let them you know we let them cap off all of their drives with touchdowns except for you know the ones thankfully we had the turnovers thankfully because hey our offense only scored 38 points in this game um they're scored 42 so shout out bj williamson um but one one other thing i wanted to specifically talk about was the special teams as a bad thing that happened in this game and it wasn't special teams wasn't all bad this week and it wasn't like the fourth quarter last week where you can kind of say ooh the special teams is more at fault for this than I thought, but the specific play that I'm sure everyone knows what we're talking about, the fake punt, right? Nathan, you were about, well, were you, were you in Louisiana 
for this wedding yes. on However, Saturday? Okay, yeah, I was, so was going to say you were like 1,200 miles away, but you were only like 300 miles away. But I'm sure you saw this fake punt coming, right? Here's the thing. I got a phone call right before this play. This is the one play in the game that I missed. Oh, and apparently man. the tech special teams unit also missed it. They must oh, have all also God. gotten phone calls at the same time. Okay, so let me, let me paint this picture for you then, since you didn't see this play. You saw the pictures I sent in our chat. Yeah, I, uh, and so, I, I saw the replay of the play okay. later on, too. But. Okay, okay. So, but basically, for, for anybody who needs a refresher real quick, it's fourth and 13, I think. And they're at the 50-yard line. It's the fourth quarter. They're down by 10. So I'm like, I'm surprised they're even trotting the punter out there. But I'm like, okay, punt safe. And what do you know? They line up and punt safe. They're, you know, anybody who's ever played Madden or or uh, NCAA football, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, they don't, we don't line up to block the punt. We line up with like four linebackers and every gunner on the punt team is covered by two guys from tech who are covering them as if they're going to catch a pass. Literally no one watched the punter. The dude just catches the ball and just takes off running, picks up 14 yards on fourth and 13. I mean, that is just <laughs> like, yeah. how, how can that happen? And skip said after the game that he called punt safe, but it's, it's on him that, the guys didn't know their responsibilities on punt safe because the four linebackers on the field were supposed to just watch the punter until he kicked the ball. And they, they just didn't. And I sent a picture in our chat of, you know, of right after the ball snapped, everyone is turned around. It's like, how could you guys let this happen? Southeastern goes down and scores a touchdown. And you're just like, man, that, that is insane. Also earlier on this drive, they had, (laughs) yeah, let's talk about the refs. Now I'll let you talk. Nathan. Yeah. Yeah. So earlier on that drive, it looks kind of bleak for Southeastern. They get to a third and five situation and then there is a targeting call after super uh, weird. Yeah. This was something I saw before the commentators did. Uh, They were showing just the replay of the play. And I was like, wait a second, the tech guy gets pulled to the ground. And then I guess it's Jalen bell as a Southeastern player from behind to just spears his head into the back of the tech player. Who's on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after the play's over, he pushed him to the ground, and then, like you said, he he kind of helmet to helmet speared him, like completely unnecessary. And Grubbs, what I noticed up in the stands was that Grubbs got up and he was limping off the field, and like he looked hurt, it looked real bad. He went to the medical tent, and and so I'm sitting here like, what the hell happened? Like, what you know, what's the flag for? And you know, there were murmurs of like, oh, it's going to be personal foul or whatever. And then they, you know, they reviewed it for targeting and. Man, after seeing that replay, like when I got home and 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 uh, pulled up the fourth quarter of the game on ESPN three, God, what was that dude doing? Like that's that's dangerous, man. Like that's that was not cool. That's a you should get ejected from the next game too. Yeah, which he will be ejected from the first half, but yeah, yeah. It, it should be more than that. Is what I would. I understand mm-hmm. targeting that's done almost accidentally where you're. Yeah, you're not supposed yeah. to t- you just put tilt your head, your head down, down when making a tackle, yeah. and it, it's accidental, but it's the way it is, yeah. and you're trying to protect the players. But this was full-on assault. Like, yeah. Tyler Grubbs could press charges if he wanted to, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and we should say Tyler Grubbs was okay. Um, yeah. Came back in the game uh, the next series, I think. But, um, yeah, that wasn't the end of Southeastern's penalty woes here, though, was it? Yeah, so now it's third and 20 at their own 15-yard line. 
where Cole Kelly drops back and completes a 46-yard pass yeah. to Austin Mitchell because, of course, on third and 20, <laughs> the they complete a 46-yard pass. The only time this guy goes deep in this whole game, and it's a fucking dime over the top, and Tex guys just let him get behind him. And but, Fortunately, yeah, fortunately luckily, for the Bulldogs, there's a holding penalty on Southeastern, half the distance to the goal. They're now at their own eight. Third and third 27. And 27. Never heard of a third down being longer than that. And then... <laughs> nope, definitely not. Definitely the longest yardage possible on third down. Yes, absolutely. I have a problem with this one, too. So what happened What happened on this third and 27? They run a screen pass and pick up like 12 yards. But BJ Williamson, right. who was outstanding in this game, probably the only player on the defense that could be labeled as outstanding, he kind of he goes for one of the offensive linemen who's coming out to block and like hits him right around the waist like like kind of hits him with his shoulder pads like right at crotch level i would say and dude i don't know if this came across on tv five flags got thrown five yeah five different officials threw their flags and now mind you this was after this was after the the targeting so this is three plays in a row there's targeting that they reviewed so that took like i don't know four or five minutes of real time then the uh holding and every single time these refs called a penalty they got together to talk about it for some reason they didn't yeah, just that was like, my big thing about yes yeah, completely disjointed game that that was my halftime take and this is in the second half so like it it got worse not better um was that the game was disjointed and, and the refs were a big part of that but this they must have talked about it for like two minutes before they said anything and there were five flags so i figure like okay there must be you know three different three different penalties or whatever and they have to work it out and figure out what's going to happen like is it fourth down is it third down there should have oh, been what, yeah what here's, here's my vantage point from watching on tv is i saw live a chop block on the offense mm. and so i was like okay do you take the penalty yardage do you just do half the distance and make it third down again no probably not it was a screen pass you got 12 so now it's third and 15 ish uh, or sorry fourth and 15 ish so i mean you probably just say hey look don't let them do that fake punt thing again I guess that's later. Uh, hey, yeah. look. Don't let just them do the that. Never mind. Maybe you should. Next <laughs> yeah, that would have or happened anyway, I guess. Yeah. It wouldn't have worked twice, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, or maybe it would have. I don't oh, know. God. But Don't, don't tempt our don't tempt <laughs> <our> teeth, please. <laughs> but then they say chop block offense. Or, sorry, chop block defense. Yeah. And block, I'm block thinking. The waste. Yes. Which is also chop block really so yeah. i'm thinking okay wait no the guy said it wrong these these umpires these referees have been awful all game so surely they just said offense instead of defense or defense instead of offense and they mark off the yardage and they give him the first down i'm still in denial for another couple of plays <laughs> you're like no, it's very possible i guess bj Williamson did hit him low yeah but he wasn't the only player hitting another player low during that screen run and my so, thing was- I did not like, okay, I watched the replay maybe five, six times and he hits him. Like I said, right around the waist. I'm not sure if the, it, it's called block below the waist. So I thought it was like, if you go for a guy's knees, that's against yeah. the rules. Five officials threw a flag. It did not look that egregious to me. And and like the officials are not all standing there looking at this block, right? They're, they're watching different parts of the field, but five of them. And, and I straight up counted, I promise five flags were thrown on this play all of them were for this one penalty apparently you want to get conspiracy uh, time okay yes i don't think they were all for that penalty i think some of them saw what i saw 
and saw the chop block on the offense and they said, okay, yeah, block below the waist. Yeah, yeah, that's why I saw too. Well, you they, know, even though they were well, talking for 10 and a half minutes, they on. didn't realize they were talking about different Here's penalties. Me. Talk about conspiracy. So this ref, particularly the head ref, could not figure out how to turn on and off his microphone. So on the broadcast, which I watched when I got home, you could hear the ref after uh, he had called this particular penalty. And he said something along the lines of, no, 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 I got you. I got you. So I don't know. Maybe maybe you're onto something here. Maybe you're onto something here. I'm just saying. Yeah. He he uh he had bet the under or or the he had bet the over and needed more points scored or something. I don't or at know. least the cover. Yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. We've talked a yeah. lot about what was bad in this game. Yes. Lots of stuff was bad, but there was also some good stuff. So Nathan, why don't why don't you say what what are some positives that we saw on the field in this game? Yeah, I mean to give defense a sentence here. <laughs> tackling was okay. Yeah. The issue wasn't that they broke a bunch of tackles. It could have been better. There were a couple times I was getting a little frustrated at it, but it was really more just tacked on to the rest of the defensive woes. And then, of course, the Bell brothers, who yeah. seemed to be everywhere and kind of also came out of nowhere to be one of the strong points of this defense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Ben Bell uh, had a sack. Uh, Levi Bell had two sacks. Um, yeah. So, I mean, those guys, those guys are just continuing to make impact. Um you know, we got to come up with something good. Bell Brothers. There's got to be something there. I, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But um, where's Matt when you need him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then and then, like I said, BJ Williamson had two interceptions, um, a, a pick six that we didn't really talk about, but just a just a great, beautiful pick six to start out the scoring here. Um, and we needed it. So, you know, good. Good on him. Yeah, those yeah. the deciding. I mean, they were all yes, deciding touchdowns. But I mean, that's the one that got you the lead that you never quite gave up yeah and i think offensively in this game i think just about everything was good i wouldn't call anything great but there are some small things that were great i think okay what what do you what do you got so plays in particular really every time austin kendall runs a read option play it's beautiful it is a work of art it deserves to be in a museum (laughs) there are guys who do we've had read option plays jmar ran read option plays but Austin Kendall does it with such grace. I can't tell who has the ball until whoever does have the ball is five yards down the field. Yeah. And there's a difference in the way that he runs versus the way that any of our recent quarterbacks run. He's, he's faster than he looks. I told Matt, I leaned over and told Matt, you know, after we were done crying, um, that, uh, that he's faster than he looks. Cause he, you know, he had what seven carries for 10 yards. So nothing super special. And I did think, he slid a little too fast a couple times, but Hey, he's, you know, he's almost as old as I am. And I definitely would fly <laughs> too. So <laughs> I'd much um, rather him stay healthy. Yeah, for sure. And take for a big sure. hit. And hey, we won a the couple game. extra yards. Yeah. Right. We won the game. So, um, but, but yeah, I, I thought, like I said, offensively, I thought everything was good. There were great plays. Um, the greatest of which was a double pass <laughs> trick play to a fucking running back on a, go route like what why is why is greg garner the one getting targeted on that throw that's my question but it worked it was great yeah. great throw by kyle maxwell and and you said he's not even one of those guys like stereotypically who was a quarterback in high school right yeah the commentators were talking about i guess maybe he was a quarterback in high school i don't know that was a really good pass and so i went and found his latexsports.com profile and he yeah he was a receiver in high school he didn't it doesn't list him playing quarterback or anything 
but Damn. that was a great pass. Yeah, I mean, he just kind of rainbowed it up there, but I mean, it hit Greg Gardner in stride as he's getting hit. Like, it was, yeah. yeah Gardner great. deserves a lot of credit for holding on to that ball, too. Oh, yeah. We were not sure that he caught it because he got hit right when it got there, but... Hey, they said touchdown, so we started celebrating, you know? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, you know, I thought like performance-wise, I mean, Austin Kendall was was good. 19 of 27, 217 yards, a touchdown. Did he really only have one touchdown? Yeah, I guess he did. That's crazy. Just one touchdown. I, I, I don't believe you. Well, there were three rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown by Kyle Maxwell and a defensive touchdown. So that's that's six, right? Yeah. Two passing Three rushing. Three rushing. Yeah, so yeah. that's 42 points right there. Yeah. Wow. wow. I would not have believed that if you told me, like like I just told you. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I thought the running game got going 198 yards on the ground, 250 through the air. Pretty balanced attack, which I think is what we wanted going into this game. We wanted to see the running game get going. Um, Marcus Williams Jr. was one yard short of a 100-yard performance, um, averaging 5.5 yards per carry, so that's really good. Harlan Dixon, man, he looked good. Yeah, I almost picked this guy for my player of the game. Yeah, 57 yards on seven carries. That's eight yards a carry. I mean, doesn't really, sh- and he had one catch for four yards, but like, I mean, that's good. I'll take that. I'll take that all day. Seven carries for eight yards a carry. Yeah, give me that. But Greg Garner is the one who gets all the all the glory, I guess. He only had 29 yards, but two touchdowns than that reception we already talked about. So yeah, just... Good stuff from the from the running backs, um, you know, to just yeah, get especially involved. Especially after last week. Yeah. After last week was kind of not great from a running back perspective. It's nice to see them get involved and have some success against Southeastern before we get into conference play. Yeah. Also, I wanted to shout out Trey Harris, too, for uh, this was, I think, his first, like, real action, like, you know, major action with uh, um, Isaiah Graham out with the ankle injury four catches 72 yards and that touchdown which was a great throwing catch in the fourth quarter you know and that's the that's the deciding touchdown of all the touchdowns right so player of the game now could be one of those running backs could be austin kendall who do you have as the player of the game yeah i struggled with this because like because like garner has the touchdowns but i thought that you know i and there's there's a lot of I don't know. We're still missing that like it factor at wide receiver. I think like there's been some good plays and there's been some good, like, you know, like I, I think that Trey Harris is really good. I think Bub means is really good. And uh, Samuel Emelis had a good game too, but there's not like that guy, right? There's not that hardy. Uh, like I've, you know, like I've said in the preseason shows, like we need a guy at wide receiver and I don't know who that is still. Um, it's, but, and one of the people I thought it could be is Griffin Abear, and he's not even listed because he doesn't have a catch. Yeah, he was non-existent in that game. Um, I saw him on the field a couple times, and I was like, who's number five? Oh, yeah, it's Griffin Abear. Where's he been? And I yeah. think Matt was particularly disappointed that he didn't have um, more of an impact on the game. But, yeah, I, I'm going to give it to Marcus Williams Jr., though, because he was the, the you know, quote-unquote uh, workhorse back, 18 carries, 99 yards, um, no touchdowns, so... I think he's, is he still looking for his first touchdown or did he get one last week? That's a good question. I think, yeah, no touchdowns so far this year. Yeah. So if he keeps running the way he was running though, you know, he, he got going, I think is how I would describe his performance. So 5.5 yards per carry. I will take that every single week from our lead back. So I'll give it to Marcus Williams. Yeah. I'll also go with an obvious pick BJ Williamson, two interceptions, one return for a touchdown. 
Come yeah. on. Player of the yeah. game, BJ Williamson. And he he's, you know, he wasn't getting beat every single play because he's a safety. Um, and other than the play that got called back on the holding, and I think they did have like a 40-yard touchdown pass in the third quarter, but nothing got beat over the top, right? Yeah. It was all short dink and dunk passes. So, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I have no, no qualms with that. All right, let's see if we have qualms with each other's final thoughts, though. What do you think? Did Tech go and did Tech die? Man, we were talking about this after the game, me and uh, and my brother Daniel and Matt, and it was like uh, the offense went and we didn't die because we didn't lose. But like, man, we were trying to die, though. And like, like I said, we felt like when we gave them the ball back, you know, we felt like it was going to be the end, you know, like, oh, they're they're going to go win. No doubt about it here. Um, cause our defense had only stopped him a couple of times. So I guess I, I don't really know how to answer that question. <laughs> one of, one of our, one of our followers, Colton Dake said tech didn't necessarily go, but it also didn't necessarily die. And I feel like that's a pretty <laughs> good description of what happened. Like the offense went, I mean, we scored 38 points, you know, put up 400 something yards of offense, a very balanced attack. So I, I don't know. What do you think? I don't think we went. Yeah, the offense put up numbers, but we're playing against a bad yeah. defense, a bad FCS defense, even bad for it being an FCS defense. And yeah, we we're playing against an offense that was good for being an FCS offense. But I I don't think those cancel each other out quite. I think that had this game started the way that it started and then Tech pulled away, then I think, yeah, Tech went and then also didn't die. But I think because... They never were able to put Southeastern into the ground. They never went, but they did not die because they pulled away with the win. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So next up is SMU, and we'll talk about that in the preview pod that will come out later this week. But for now, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our website where we sometimes have posts up, but we mostly have been running contests and stores on the website. How have the contests been looking? Yeah, this week in the contest, we had four players get all or get maximum points by guessing all of the games right and uh, and betting five and all obviously being right. So, you know, shout out to those guys, including your brother, Jonathan, um, hey. Rupert Lange or Lange. I'm not sure. And then, uh, and then two different CUSA BBS uh, entries that may or may not be the same person. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> regardless, they got them all right and got 19 points. So the uh, the leaderboard. I mean, we have uh, Giot is in first place with 36 after two games. So that's an average of 18, which is, I mean, that's every single game except like he's missed two picks. He or she, I don't know. Giot is a last name, so. Uh, and then in second place, we got Jeremy Farrar tied with 509 dog. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's been fun so far and it's been fun to see like who people are picking and, you know, kind of see what our Twitter reach is among other fan bases. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. And the GTPDD contest, um, I'll grade, I don't know when, tomorrow, I guess. And then I'll put the new one out on Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, but the, the next week of the Pick'em is already out. So go ahead and do that now. Yeah, and while you're there, go ahead and hit up the shop on the website, also at gtpdd.dog slash shop, where we're just about halfway through September, so we're just about halfway through the September shirt of the month. 
which pays homage to the 1910 football team uniforms back when we were the Louisiana Industrial Institute. $25. Pretty good shirt. But again, that website is gtpdd.dog. And until next time, I'm Nathan. Evan. And go tech. Please don't die. Woo! the contest's been looking yeah so i i actually haven't graded the the gtpdd contest yet <laughs>